morning. Amen. Amen. Can we stand up and get ready to go to worship? Thank you once again for listening to another edition of the Abundant Life Community Church, Church of God of Prophecy Congregation podcast. Podcast is recorded live for Sunday, Mother's Day, May 13th, 2007. I'm your host, Chris. Working the local church as part of the AV crew there, along with uh, Brother Jim Fortenberry and Brother Jim Ramsey. I uh, maintain all the websites. I handle the podcast. Got any questions, suggestions for me? You can reach me by email, podcast at com. I welcome any and all inputs. Uh, you know, feel free to write me any questions, suggestions. And I've got quite a few emails asking me to do certain things. And I will be, you know, I will take all those suggestions and add it into the podcast at some time. Uh, like to ask your forgiveness for me for the last couple of weeks not having a podcast ready for you. A week ago, I had a bad wisdom tooth. I needed to get yanked out, so I was unable to, wasn't feeling up to doing any kind of podcasting at that time. And uh, for this past week, well, we had a storm come through on Tuesday and uh, uh, had suffered a power outage, so we didn't even get our power back until uh, yesterday sometime. So actually, it was Thursday because yesterday was Friday, but Thursday I had it and I had some things going on Friday, so I was unable to get to it. So it's late. I got the sermon, though, for you for this week. Uh, the pastor has returned. Uh, he's been, actually been back for a couple of weeks. I missed the first week. Um, I'm going to start things off here and try to give you some announcements, some things that are going on here at the church. Uh, there's a business meeting this Sunday, uh, May 20th. The regular quarterly business meeting will convene after Sunday's evening worship. Uh, we've got a revival going on at the Hebron Church. That's May 25th and the 26th. So please make plans to support our sister church in the revival. Also, you'd like to remember these um, in prayer. Melissa Benson, Christine Jett, Imogene Lunsford, Joan Mortz, and Karen Norton. Uh, if you have any requests that you want to make, you can fill out a prayer request form. It's located on the desk in the foyer at the local church here at 6808 Missouri Avenue, Hammond, Indiana. Uh, you can drop it in the offering, or you can drop it by uh, the pastor's office, or you can call the pastor as well. Uh, ongoing requests should be resubmitted before the first Sunday of every month. Um, you can also uh, send your prayer request to prayerrequest at cogopoh.com. I get those emails. I put them in the, uh, on our website immediately when I get those emails, and I put them on all of our blogs that we have. Uh, we have a regular blog at blog, blogspot.com, and we have a MySpace page as well I put it on. So keep that in mind. Um, I'm going to play a little something before the I get the pastor's sermon here. i got to get it ready anyway. So uh, you've probably heard this song. It's uh, called entitled "Sea of Faces." I see the city lights all around me. 
Cutlass Sea of Faces. It's on their album. It's self-entitled Sea of Faces. You can find that anywhere CDs are sold. Um, I'd like to remind you that Vacation Bible School is going to be happening really soon. It's about a month until the roundup time. Uh, it's June 11th through the 15th. If you guys that are listening have any younger brothers or sisters that have nothing to do this summer for a week, yeah, send them out. If they're around Hammond, Indiana, send them on out. Our uh, address is 6808 Missouri Avenue in Hammond, Indiana. Uh, once again, the vacation, vacation Bible School is June 11th through the 15th. What does VBS mean to you? Very boring sea cucumbers. <laughs> Very busy snake. Volcano Boom Show. 
Berry Scuba. <laughs> Vehicle Bouncing Safari. Very Big City. Very Bumbling Sheriff. Very Busy Salamander. Veronica's Bubbling Sheriff. <laughs> I can tell you what M&M's means. Find out what VBS really means at Avalanche Ranch Vacation Bible School. Is your summer getting so boring that you could have a snail race? Organize your sock drawer? Count the sand in your sandbox? Is your summer so boring that you cut the lawn one piece of grass at a time? We've got the cure for summertime boredom. Take a wild ride through God's Word at Avalanche Ranch. This podcast is produced with Castmaster. I'm going to lead, read you the pastor's uh, lead-in for his sermon, and then we'll go right into that. Um, Friday evening at the mother-daughter banquet, this was uh, two, a couple of weeks ago, a game was played called What's in Your Purse? The, ob- the, object, the, the object of the game was to determine which group of ladies had the most items from a long list. No one had a kitchen sink. However, it might surprise some t- to find out what people, men and women, consider important enough to carry with them. And while we're on the subject, what about all those things we store in the house or garage? Valuable stuff. When the widow of a prophet came to Elisha, explaining that the creditors were coming to take her sons as payment for her debt, Elisha asked, What do you have in the house? Nothing except a jar of oil, was her reply. What value was that compared to the debt she owed? At that point, the mother wasn't thinking about God being part of the equation. God, working through Elisha, multiplied the oil, enough to pay her debts, and enough left over to live on. What do you have in your house, moms? A Bible prayer? How about godly influence? Let me urge you to give that to God and let him bring about the desired changes and blessings you need in your home. The pastor's sermon is entitled, What Do You Have in the House? 2 Kings 4, verses 1 through 7. care for you and pray for you and my mother has been gone for many years now but uh, she was a praying mother I remember at night I'd if I was sick she would come in and pray with me you know that that meant a lot many don't have that didn't have that kind of mother but yet we know that God cares for all and he provides for all uh, of the needs and uh, we just thank the Lord uh, for the moms, and we're going to be talking about mothers today. So moms, you don't have to listen. We're going to talk about you a little bit. No, please listen. We have some things to say. Mothers have a great responsibility, don't they? They put up with a lot from us kids. <laughs> you know, I, I'm sure I put my mom through a, a, a lot of things as, uh, as a child at home. You probably heard about the little boy that came in and said, Mom, there's a big black bear outside. And Mom said, now, son, there's, you know there are no bears in this part of the country. said, you just lied to me. Go upstairs and talk to the Lord about it. Pray. So he went to his room and came back a few minutes and 
She said, well, did you talk to the Lord about that lie you told me? And he said, yeah, I did, Mom. She said, what, what did the Lord say? Uh, he said, oh, the Lord said it was okay because the first time he saw it, he thought it was a big black bear too. So, <laughs> so moms have to put up with quite a bit, you know. You have to kind of read between the lines and all that. Did, uh, most of you have read this. This is our uh, regional paper. But uh, they put in some, uh, in case you haven't, I'd like to read some of these. I thought they were pretty good. Uh, this is answer, questions and answers given by the second grade school children. Uh, first question was, they, they asked these kids, why did God make mothers? And the answer from the second graders is to help us out there when we were getting born. Very important, moms. You had a great... <laughs> you did good. What ingredients are mothers made of? Their answer. They had to get their start from men's bones. Then they mostly used string, I think. What did mom need to know about dad before she married him? His last name. Very important. Does he make at least $800 a year? Did he say no to drugs and yes to chores? Very important. Who's the boss at your house? Well, the answer is, I guess mom is, but only because she has a lot more to do than dad. Does that say anything about us dads? <laughs> And the last one, what does your mom do in her spare time? Mothers don't do spare time. How about that? Pretty wise from these uh, second graders, I think. So today we're looking at uh, mothers, and how many know that mothers have great responsibilities? We couldn't count them all. You know, if you start making a list of all the things moms do, of course dads too, but this is Mother's Day, right? But it seems that mothers have been equipped by God for this task. You know, they're just something special. Uh, did you know that motherhood was the first command of God to Eve? Genesis 3.16 says, In pain you shall bring forth children. Well, I'm sure that made her day. Someone said if, uh, now I'm not a comedian, I, I don't usually tell jokes like this, but it just seems fitting for today. <laughs> I like to see Sister Ruth laugh anyway. But uh, someone has said that if, if a husband and wife took turns having the babies in the family, and the mother went first, or the, the wife went first and had the first one, most families would have one child. Can I say, get an amen from you guys? Because we know that motherhood is something uh, that we uh, dads would just soon to leave to mothers, right? But the great responsibilities. And uh, today we're going to look at a text that shows a, a mother that had extra duty because she had lost her husband. The, the duties of motherhood are great at any time, but there's an increased load when the husband is gone from the family. So here was a single mom we're going to read about, and she was about to lose her children. In uh, 2 Kings chapter 4, 
verses 1 through 7. Let's read that today. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, Your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Then he said, Go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons, then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her, and she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full, and she said to her son, Bring me another vessel. And he said to her, There is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay your debt, and you and your son shall live on the rest. The striking thing about this is, first of all, that the mother knew where to go in time of need. In those days, they had the prophets, the men of God, that uh, went before the people, and the people approached them, and the prophets went to the Lord and inquired of the Lord of certain things. But today, instead of going to the prophets, aren't you glad that we have the Lord Jesus Christ that we can go directly to in our time of need? So we find that this mother knew where to go in her time of need, and our mothers today who are followers of the Lord Jesus Christ know to, where to go in their time of need. Children are especially blessed when they have a praying mother, when they have a mother who, who cares. And uh, here was this preacher's widow, wife of a deceased prophet. She had no one to pay her debts. But she knew a man, she knew the prophet, and this prophet knew God. So he went to the Lord in her behalf. So The word says that she was the wife of one of the sons of the prophet. Now, Elisha was like a father to these poor prophets. He kind of shepherded them and guided them. He taught them. He worked with them and worked for them to help them provide for their needs. Now, this man who had died... Must have been a, a man of faith. He, he served Elisha. Uh, and I believe that if he had not been a godly man of good character and reputation, that Elisha would not have allowed him to be a part uh, of the school of prophets. And uh, he would not have honored him as he did. But I believe that this woman's husband had been a man who depended on the Lord. He didn't have any money. This was a bad time for prophets. If you read uh, in the scripture, you find about that at this time there was Ahab and Jezebel who had been rough on the prophets of God. Things were going on in the nation and they didn't have a godly leader. And so this wasn't a good time for these prophets. But we find that this prophet must have died pretty young. So here's a couple of problems, death and debts. Now, sometimes we say our problem today is death and taxes. Well, the problem with her is she had great debts after her husband passed away. 
And I don't think that these uh, debts were incurred through high living. But the family was probably just trying to get by, just to make a living, to survive. So this widow had these two great burdens in her life. But notice that in verse 1, the creditor is coming to foreclose on the boys to be bondmen. Now this is not cruel and unusual punishment. That was the way the system worked back then. You owed so much money, you had children, they could come take your children away. And your children had to be slaves for seven years, work off that debt, and then they could go free. Let's see, uh, how old is Ryan? Now, how old would Ryan be in seven years? Just think about it. They could come in and take Ryan and Dylan home, and they would have to be slaves for seven years because the debts weren't paid. That's just the way it worked back then. So when she found out about this, she went quickly to seek the wisdom and the help of God, and she got it. Elisha didn't say her to her, as we see in, elsewhere in Scripture, be warmed and filled, now just get on out of here. He didn't say that. He did something about it. He didn't just send her on her way. He got involved in the process that God would use to bless this mother and her two sons. Blessed is the mother who knows where to go when her family is in need. Now, fathers love their children, but it seems like there's a special something about mothers, a special gift, a, a sense about them, or a concern or wisdom as they relate to the children in the home. Something else we find here is this mother found the answer to her need right at home. Often we go outside the home looking for something. Looking for something else. You know, we get in trouble. We get, have a problem. So we go out looking. But let me tell you something. Most of the time, the things we need are right in the home. So Elisha considered her problem. He said in verse 2, What shall I do for you? Shall I go to the other poor prophets and take up a collection? Well, hardly. <laughs> they were as poor as she. Or he might have said, Do you have possessions you can sell and, and redeem your sons? Well, no, she, she had nothing. Then Elisha asked her this question. What do you have in the house? That's a good question for our mothers today. Mothers, what do you have in the house? Is there something or someone whom God can work through to bless you, to bless your family? Now, some of you who have a husband who loves you and cares for you, but some don't, like this mother. Some of you have children who have jobs. Some don't. Some have, most have some kind of income, you know, something that you can live on. You have money for this week's groceries. But this poor widow had none. But she knew the God of Elisha. What do you have in the house? Well, when he asked that question, she gave the negative answer. She said, your handmaid has nothing 
in the house. I have nothing of value. I have nothing of importance. I have no antiques that were handed down by my great-great-grandmother that I can sell and get some money. I don't have any diamonds or gold. I don't have any money that's stashed in the mattress or in a sock and put away somewhere in the attic. I have nothing. But how often do we, who are blessed among all people, declare, we are poor and have nothing? I don't want to pick on the ladies, but I'll just say men and women. I just have nothing to wear today. You see, I didn't pick on the ladies. I have nothing. So what we do is we build a shed out back so that we can put our nothing in there, right? <laughs> or, or we fill up our garage with all the nothings that we have. Or we rent one of these places and put our nothings in there. Or we may declare, others get new things. I'm deprived. Poor me. I have nothing. But you see, when this lady went to Elisha and said, I have nothing, she had nothing. But a jar of oil. Now, you might wonder, well, what size a jar did she have? Did she have a, a large jar that, she could la that would last for many days? Well, the, the wording here in the, I'm not a Hebrew scholar or anything, but the wording here is literally an, an anointing of oil. That means it was not significant in quantity, a small amount. She was saying to him, I just have a, a little bit of oil, an anointing of oil. Did you ever wonder why she mentioned the oil? Why didn't she say, well, I have a chair you know, I could take that chair and sell it, or I have a bed, or a plate, or a piece of dried up bread. But she said, I have a jar of oil. Well, I don't have the answer to that. I just sometimes wonder if the Holy Spirit didn't just speak to her, and as she was saying, I have nothing, then she remembered that jar of oil, and, and she said, I have nothing except a jar of oil, an anointing of oil, which is nothing, so sometimes, moms, when you're wondering what to do, just let the Holy Spirit speak to your heart. Sometimes things will pop in your head and you say, well, look what I thought of. But we should say, look what the Lord showed me or look what the Lord spoke to my heart. That's what he can use. It's kind of like the loaves and the fishes. Remember the... When the Lord fed 5,000, as I was looking at this sermon, I thought, I was thinking, well, I wonder how they found that little boy. Out of 5,000 plus, 5,000 men plus women and children, how did they find that little boy who had five loaves and, or whatever it was, a few fish? I'm supposed to know those things, but I forget sometimes. How did they find him? Well, the Holy Spirit must have just kind of pushed him up front a little bit, and, or they looked around and 
I don't know how it happened, but the Lord does things like that. That's the way He works. If we allow Him to, He'll work that way. But you see, this was the turning point when she remembered what she had. How long has it been since you counted your blessings? How often do you look at a zero balance checkbook and then look around and the Spirit says, but you have these... And it reminds you of your loving family and all the things that you have in life. So it may be just a matter of rediscovering our family, rediscovering the house, the furniture, rediscovering love. We've forgotten the joy of getting down on the floor with our children or our grandchildren children, and putting together a puzzle or playing checkers or reading a story. So what we need for a healthy, loving Caring family is in the house. It's there. We don't have to go outside looking for something else. This mother found that the, res- that the possibilities are unlimited when you allow God to use what you have. But she had to act in faith. Verse 3, Elisha told her to go out and borrow. Get all the vessels you can get. Big ones, little ones, all kinds. Just bring them all in. Go borrow these vessels from all your neighbors. Well, this tells us something about this woman that her neighbors trusted her. She was well looked up to in the neighborhood. She had credit, if you will, among her neighbors. They trusted her. She had a good reputation. But she also heeded the message of Elisha in faith. She believed what the man of God told her. But we also notice that it involved her sons in this act of faith. Moms and, I might add, you dads, you may have faith, but are you getting your children involved in God's doings? That's an important thing. Are you pointing them to God? Or are you doing your own thing and letting them do theirs? You see, families do things together. Families work together. She got her boys involved in this. And sometimes we dads may be a little lax, so sometimes it takes the mothers to kind of pull this, all these things together. So Elisha told this concerned mother to think big. He says, borrow not a few. Don't just gather just a few. Get all the vessels you can find. Verse 4 says, And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons, then pour it into all the vessels and set aside the full ones. I wonder if I would have had that much faith to go around to my neighbors knocking on the doors. I need to borrow some... uh, Vessels. I need all the pans you have. I need all the bottles, the cans, whatever. Well, what are you going to use them for? Well, um, <clears throat> I've got this little thing of oil, and, and when I pour it out, it's going to fill up that vessel. I don't know if I would have done that or not. I trusted I would have been that person of God, but she was. But she did it in faith. You see, the Christian way is a way of faith. We trust in the Lord. We believe in Him. 
So she went about the task, expecting the answer. Now, we notice that Elisha told her what to expect before she asked for empty vessels. She must have been pretty thorough as, as she and her uh, son searched the neighborhood for anything that would hold oil. And the thing about it is she would receive as much oil as she was willing to commit her energies to. As much as she would put herself into it. Then the thrilling moment came in verse 5. Got her boys together. Closed the door. And can you imagine the joy that came into her heart and the excitement as she began to pour from this little jar of oil into a larger vessel and it just kept pouring and pouring until it was full and on and on, just kept pouring. And the oil added up and added up. So God took what she had and multiplied it. They filled all the borrowed vessels. Bring me another, she would say, and they would bring her a vessel and fill that one up. But finally, when she said, bring me a vessel, her son said, there aren't any more. They're all gone. And that's when the oil ceased. You see, God blessed to the extent that she had obeyed in borrowing vessels. You know, being obedient to God, you see. Sometimes we say, God, we will be obedient to you if you will do something for me first. But you see, God acts upon the faith that we have in Him, our belief in Him, our trust in Him, our confidence that we have in Him. So are you ready this morning to see what God will do with what you have? See, the question is, are you willing to give it to Him? We notice that she was not to use all of this oil for herself. She was to sell it. And I think we can assume that this was some of the finest oil that you could find in that day. Remember when Jesus made the wine at the wedding at Cana? How it was the best wine that they could find. They drank the wine that they usually put out first, but then when they got to his wine, the Lord made, it was the best. So I'm, I can just believe in my own heart and mind that this was good oil. She was able to go sell it and get a good price. How many times has God taken a little and multiplied it? I remember one time we had a some kind of a dinner at church and a great crowd came, more than expected, and we had a little. And so we just prayed, and I don't know, Aretha or someone had the prayer, and you know what? We had a lot of food left over. God still works that way. It happens because we trust in God. We believe in Him. We know He does these things. But God uses ordinary things. Sometimes we think we have to get something that's real spiritual. You know, we get things in our mind. Like this little boy's lunch who gave the loaves and the fishes. And it fed all of these people. Then I'm reminded of Moses' rod, the one that he took around with him all the time. It was a piece of wood, a stick. When we 
were in Africa, several people brought back they had these hand-carved walking sticks. They had to put them in a special case and to get them back because they were so long. But you see, through this stick, this piece of wood that Moses had, this rod, God worked miracle after miracle after miracle with something as ordinary as a piece of wood that had been chopped from a tree, whittled down and probably smoothed out. How about David's sling? Ordinary thing. Probably all the little boys at that time had a sling. We used to have the, you know, the forks, slingshots. That's what we had when we were kids. If we could find a, an old inner tube and, and uh, especially a truck inner tube, that was the best. Made the best. Pull that thing away back. Well, they didn't have that kind of sling back then. They, it was probably a leather and a little pouch and they used it. Well, all the boys probably had one back then. That was just the way of life. Ordinary thing. Something just about everybody had. A common thing. Yet God took this piece of leather and He took the stone and He took a willing lad and turned David into victory for Israel. So let me ask this morning, moms and dads, what do you have in the house? What can God use to bless you and your family? Some may be using all their energy and all their time on their self, but you see time's running out. Some may be using all the money on themselves, and it's almost gone. Some may be only loving yourself, and there's no return in that. But whatever you have, though it may not be much, it's enough for God to use. So what do you have in the house? Would you like to turn it over to the Lord, as this mother did? A fellow by the name of A.B. Simpson said, Our God has boundless resources. The only limit is in us. Our asking, our thinking, our praying are too small. Our expectations are too limited. And I believe that's a true statement. So what do we have in the house? Well, you probably have a Bible. That means you have the Word of God for your family, your children, your grandchildren. Many, many grandmothers and grandfathers are raising their grandchildren today. Do you have a, a special place of prayer? valuable place where you can go and pray and talk to the Lord about your children, your grandchildren, your home. That's a wonderful thing to have. But something great is your influence. Moms and dads, it's hard to, hard to preach a sermon like that without involving moms and dads, but how about the influence? Because... One way or another, you're going to influence that child or that grandchild in your home. For good or bad, there, that influence is there. So let me urge you to let your children and your grandchildren see you and hear you talking to God on their behalf. Probably some of us can recall our, our parents uh, praying for us and, 
I remember my dad talking about his mom, how she used to have a place, you know, they lived in the country, and down in the woods, down in the, down by the spring where she used to go, and you could just hear her pray for hours at a time. It's in the house. She didn't have to go out looking for something, but it was there, it was in her heart. Her love for her children, her family. You see, you don't have to be a super mom. Or you don't have to be a perfect mom. Just need to let the Lord guide you as you guide your children in the ways of the Lord. What do you have in the house? Would you stand? This podcast, this podcast is produced with Cast Blaster. Cast Blaster. Is your summer getting so boring that you could have a snail race? Organize your sock drawer? Count the sand in your sandbox? Is your summer so boring that you cut the lawn one piece of grass at a time? We've got the cure for summertime boredom. Take a wild ride through God's Word at Avalanche Ranch. I'd like to remind you that uh, Vacation Bible School will be happening June 11th through the 15th. If you got any younger brothers, younger sisters, or daughters and sons, bring them on out to 6008 Missouri Avenue in Hammond, Indiana on June 11th through the 15th. They'll get registered, they get to play games, make some crafts, and eat some snacks, and and at the same time, they get to learn a few uh, uh, Bible uh, Bible stories and that. Um, so just go ahead and bring them on out for that. If you want some more information, you can come out to the church, and uh, there's plenty of information there. You can see, uh, ask for Sister Ruth Chestnut or Sister Aaron Decker. You can also email uh, Vacation Bible. Uh, actually, uh, vac- it's VBS Director. I'm sorry, VBS Director at c o g o p o h dot com. It's VBS Director at C-O-G-O-P-O-H dot com. You can email them and it will uh, get right to the VBS Director and they will return your email as soon as possible with your questions and that. I'm going to go ahead and close out the podcast in a minute. I'm going to play a little song from um, Reliant K off their Apathetic uh, CD. It's entitled Be My Escape. This is Reliant K. And you can find this CD anywhere CDs are sold. I've given up, I'm giving up slowly. I'm planning in so you won't even know me. Apart from this whole world that shares my fate. This one last bullet you mentioned It's my one last shot at redemption Cause I know to live you must give your life away Cause I've been housing all this doubt And insecurity And I've been locked inside that house All the while you hold the key And I've been dying to get out That might be the death of me And even though there's no way of knowing Where to go I promise I'm going because I Gotta get out of here 
stuck inside this rut that I fell into by mistake I gotta get out of here And I'm begging you, I'm begging you I'm begging you to be my escape Giving up, I'm doing this alone now Cause I failed and I'm ready to be shown out You told me the way and I'm trying to get there And this life sentence that I'm serving I admit that I'm every bit deserving But the beauty of grace is that it makes life not fair Cause I've been housing all this doubt And insecurity and I've been locked inside that house while you hold the key and I've been dying to get out That might be the death of me And even though there's no way of knowing where to go I promise I'm going because I gotta get out of here I'm afraid that this complacency is something I can't shake I gotta get out of here And I'm begging you, I'm begging you Self-detaining, forced to live in this mess I've made And all I'm asking is for you to do what you can with me But I can't ask you to give what you already gave Cause I've been housing all this doubt and insecurity And I've been locked inside that house all the while you hold the key and I've been dying to get out I might be the death of me And even though there's no way of knowing where to go I promise I'm going because I gotta get out of here I'm stuck inside this rut that I fell into by mistake I gotta get out of here And I'm begging you, I'm begging you, I'm begging you Reliant K. That's off their Apathetic uh, CD. You can find that wherever CDs are sold. It's a really good band. Um, our congregation would like to extend a warm thank you for listening to our podcast. We invite you to find out more about our church. You can visit us on the web at cogopoh.com. We do not have a church. If you don't have a church home, you know, please consider joining us in our worship and service. We're located at 6808 Missouri Avenue in Hammond, Indiana. We have services every Sunday, starting with Sunday school at 10 a.m. We have a worship service that begins at 11 a.m., and the pastor's sermon begins around 11.30 a.m., and generally the service usually ends right around 12, 12, 15 or so. Uh, we have an evening service on Sunday as well. It begins at 6 p.m., and we have a prayer meeting, Bible study, every Wednesday at uh, evening at 7 p.m. I want you to have a blessed morning, afternoon, or evening, whatever time of day you're listening. And be sure to join us next week to try to bring you another edition of the Abundant Life Community Church, the Church of God of Prophecy Congregation Podcast.
Cast Blaster. This podcast is produced with Cast Blaster. <gasps>